Welcome in to year two of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch, and back for a second season, joining me on the program is John Spataro. John, year one was fun picking the games and looking at the NFL with you. This year's a lot different. Who would have thought 2020 would go the way it has? No preseason in the NFL this year, game-wise, of course, because of the coronavirus pandemic. But here we are, the NFL season kicking off in early September. And I don't know how many people out there really are as fired up about the NFL this year because the hype hasn't been there as you would have in previous years, but we've still got you covered with the picks. And once they kick off these games, the gamblers, if they haven't noticed already, they're going to be all in on another year of pro football. Yeah, we're excited, certainly here on the show, but I would agree with you that this is the most covert NFL season that has ever been seen. Uh, It's kind of sneaking up on us and uh, a lot of other people, and believe it or not, uh, your team's going to be playing now for hopefully the next 16 to 18 weeks and even into the fall and winter and hopefully to a Super Bowl. I I don't feel that sense of eternal optimism where everyone believes their team has a chance to win the Super Bowl like we usually do as the season opens up. But nonetheless, it's it's exciting to have some action back on the board and some new things to talk about after a, a bizarre summer where we didn't have sports for a long time and then we kind of got everything at once with MLB, NHL, NBA coming back online. It's going to be nice to ease back into a season starting on time with the NFL and hopefully making it all the way through the winter and getting us through uh, what's certainly going to be another interesting season. Yeah, it really is a return to normalcy somewhat in sports. I understand the preseason in the NFL wasn't there this year, but a lot of people sleep through that anyway. But as far as the idea of a 16-game regular season, normal postseason, hopefully it'll go the way the NFL wants it to. Obviously, baseball got derailed. They're back on track now, but it's not what we normally see with the 162-game campaign. The NBA and NHL doing it in a completely different way to wrap up their seasons. College football's hit or miss, depending on what state you're in, if they're even playing. But the NFL rocking and rolling, ready to go, and we've got you covered. We're going to pick a lot of the games. We're going to look at some of the futures betting. Also, John's going to have a little in-depth report later in our show about sports betting here in Illinois, because a lot has changed since our State Lines program aired in 2019. We've got all that coming up for you, but first, let's look at the team in the state of Illinois. The Chicago Bears back in action on Sunday. They will kick off the season at the rival Detroit Lions. John, I want to get your early thoughts on this game. Most places have the Bears listed as a field goal underdog getting three points in this contest. You can find the total for the game right around 44 most places you look right now. Uh, Give me your thoughts on this one. Mitchell Trubisky, the Bears starting quarterback. A lot of people thought Nick Foles might earn that job, but Matt Nagy said, nope, it's Trubisky's job, at least for week number one to start this season. You like the Bears going into Detroit for week number one? Well, it was a blessing and a curse last year that between you and I, we had to pick every single Bears game uh, on the schedule for this show because after about week four or five last year, I kind of became subdued to the fact that the Bears were going to be this mixed bag of an offense every week, and you had no idea who they were going to put out or who they were going to beat or who they were going to come uh, from behind and win or or blow a game because they couldn't get points on the board. It was really just a, a mess of an offense and a mess of a season. What began 
fan with some really high hopes. This year is a little different. I mean, with the lack of attention being paid to training camp, you know, there haven't been people out there in uh, Hellas Hall and, and there haven't been the big showings of guys running routes and catching passes, you know, for the fans on the sideline to watch. There really hasn't been that much of a buzz about the team aside from the quarterback position, like you mentioned. Was it going to be Foles? Was it going to be Trubisky? Well, we found out it's going to be Trubisky. I'm imagining he's on the shortest leash possible. But then, uh, the really, the only thing I could think of of major news to come out of training camp besides that was the injury to David Montgomery. So every carryover feeling that I had from the season prior with this Bears team, specifically this Bears offense, I don't think they've done anything to change my mind on that. There's no reason for me to think that they're going to suddenly come out and put up 150 points per game. That being said, they did all right against the Lions last year. They did all right against a couple teams in their division, actually. Um, and it, it's it's another you know kind of unknown on the other side of the ball. I think Matt Patricia's supposed to be getting some results here soon after he signed a big contract to be their coach. So I'm imagining that that team has higher expectations in the past. I saw that they've signed journeyman and future Hall of Famer Adrian Peterson at this point to be one of their backs out of the backfield. And of course, Matt Stafford's got the big arm and can throw for 400 yards seemingly whenever he wants to these past, oh, eight or nine years, however long he's been in the league. So two relatively unknown teams, in my opinion. I haven't been pouring through the depth charts. I haven't been, you know, seriously checking in on both of these teams throughout the training camp. I think the field goal is a perfect line because I don't see really either of these teams separating themselves that much. Um, I guess I'm going to go with the Bears. I guess I'm going to, I would, you know, think that they're going to be the better team one way or another. I'm going to look for the defense to be a lot better this year. I think they were kind of fed up with, you know, the high expectations playing on opening night and not getting the, the love back from the quarterback. I think the Bears defense is going to be a little bit more like we saw the year prior than last year. So maybe another look at the under in this game. I think it was only at about 44 or 45. But for the game itself, it's going to take us a few weeks, I think, to really get our heads around what's happening in the league. Who knows who's coming in in what shape. It is State Lines. Me, Jason Gotch, joined as always by my co-host, John Spataro, where you get the best gambling information in the state of Illinois. And to build on a little bit of what John said, too, and I'll put the pick out there right now. It's not one of my top three, but I, Jason Gotch, do like the Bears getting three points in this game. I'm not touching the total of 44. Don't know how that's going to go, but you look at what's going on this offseason in the NFL, unlike any other. And what one thing stands out to me is this, that no preseason games. Everybody thinks the preseason is a sham. We don't even need it anymore. But I think in a year where there is no preseason, the defense will be ahead of the offense early in the year because I think it's easier to play defense without any practice games, without a true offseason, without the OTAs, than it is to play offense where those guys need to gel with the playbook. You're mixing new guys in. I think defense has an advantage with less practice time and no preseason. So I look at the Bears in this game, John, and I say, look, they've got a great front seven. Akeem Hicks is healthy. They added Robert Quinn in the offseason. You don't have to teach Robert Quinn the playbook. All he's got to do is get to the quarterback. Khalil Mack is a force. Everyone knows that. Eddie Jackson in the secondary is one of the best safeties in the league. I love the Bears' second-round pick this year that's going to start day one, the cornerback Jalen Johnson out of Utah. The secondary is good. I think the Bears' front seven and that secondary is going to give Matt Stafford fits. You mentioned Adrian Peterson getting signed by the Lions. One thing to note about that, 
There's a reason they picked up Adrian Peterson. Total desperation. The Detroit Lions haven't had a good running game since Barry Sanders retired in the late 1990s. They've been looking for a running back to replace Barry Sanders for now a generation. So I think the Bears' offense will do enough in this game. Mitch Trubisky, just protect the football. David Montgomery, we don't know how good he's going to be coming off the groin injury. But I think where this game is going to be won, it's going to be by the Bears' defense. My gut tells me, a little bit of a low-scoring game here, but I don't like that enough to bet the under. I'm going to say Bears win this game, and they win it outright, so take the three points because I think you're getting some value here. And if they lose, I don't think they lose by more than three. But I really like the Bears here in week one. Matt Patricia on the hot seat in Detroit, year three, all kinds of problems in his first two years. I don't think he solves Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears this coming Sunday. Now, John, before we hit the break, I do want to talk a little bit about the Bears' win total here in 2020. I'm a little surprised. It's only eight. And again, when I think defense is really going to matter, especially the first two games with, with the, the, the practice time being limited during the offseason, a little bit to s- surprised to see the Bears' over-under win total of eight. I want to get your thoughts on that. Again, the division pretty tough. Not counting on much, at least me personally, Jason Gott from the Detroit Lions this year. But I do think Minnesota, they've had a lot of changes. They should be good at least. Green Bay should be okay too. So the Bears in a tough division, but the Vegas odds makers say the over-under is eight. And this was one of my crowning achievements last year was I remember resisting the urge at the beginning of last season when everyone was saying Bears were Super Bowl bound. I remember talking on this show, probably on the first ever episode of the show, one of the questions you asked, Jason, was uh, would you take Mitch Trubisky to be the MVP? And I don't remember what I said on that one, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably suffering from some selective memory in case I did make a fool of myself and think that he was going to be the MVP. However, I did avoid the temptation to not overextend myself on the win total for the Bears last year when it was nine and a half. With all that Super Bowl hype, with all the the nonsense that was coming into the media cycle and and driving up the the excitement for the Bears, I sat down and I said I thought they were a nine and seven team. Obviously, they came in at eight and eight, but I still was able to resist getting into uh, the trap of of thinking they were going to win 10, 11, 12 games and cooler heads prevailed and, and I cashed in on that. This year is a little bit different because putting it down to eight would you know, suggest a winning or a losing season. And much like I said in the first uh, segment here, it's very hard to tell what you're going to get week in and week out with the Bears. So I'm going to say over on the wins. I think a 9-7, and seven again, is probably where I'm expecting this team to be. It's going to come down to one or two games, though, because they're just so dang inconsistent. John, I'm going over here as well. I like this bet for a couple of reasons. Number one, again, the Bears' defense is good. Number two, if they get to 8-8, eight eight, you at least get your money back. If they go over 500, you are going to win the bet. And when you look at the NFL right now, the NFC landscape, I, I look at last season. The Bears had a four-game losing streak last season. Mitchell Trubisky was awful when he played. And they still won 8-8 eight eight because of that defense. So I think they're going to do that at least this year. I actually think they're going to be over 500. So I'm going to take over on the Bears' win total of 8 here in 2020. He is John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch. This is State Line. So much more to do on this program. When we come back, John's going to give a rundown of what's going on sports gambling-wise. Lots of changes in the laws here in Illinois in 2020. We'll talk about the NFL MVP. Hint, hint. Jason Gotch likes a long-shot candidate for that award. 
So I got a long shot play on your board next segment. We'll talk about win totals for various NFL teams. I've circled some that I think are pretty interesting. We'll get to that. Also, we'll give our three bets, best bets of the week. That'll come up later in the show. But first, when we come back, we'll talk more about the sports gambling changes here in Illinois with John Spataro. Do that next here on State Lines. As we roll along here on State Lines, our first edition of the show here in 2020. I'm Jason Gotch, joined as always by my co-host, John Spataro. And John, it's been an intriguing year in so many ways, a rough year in so many ways, with the coronavirus pandemic. But one thing that has really changed a lot and become more favorable in Illinois for gamblers, try and be positive here in a tough year for many, is the way gambling operates in Illinois. So many positive changes to the laws for the gamblers. So give us a rundown of what's going on gambling-wise in the state of Illinois because I think it's easier than ever to throw down a bet on your favorite NFL team or NFL game or NFL prop that you like. Yeah, it's certainly been an interesting few months. Uh, When we started doing this show last year, it was not um, available to the betting public to place a bet in Illinois. And now just uh, some 10, 11 months later, we have completely changed the betting options, completely changing, changing the things that you can bet on. And it's, it's starting to be open season. The important things to, to note, if, if you're a first time better, if you're interested in, in getting into the sports betting industry or, or playing yourself here in Illinois, is that you have options. Uh, you, you may think of you know placing a bet at a counter in a casino in Las Vegas, which is uh, available for you here in Illinois at, at places um, in the Chicagoland area, down in the Metro East, and now in Peoria as well. But really where a majority of the bets are being placed around the country in states where sports betting is legal is on mobile gaming apps. And we're talking about things like DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. And it's, it's very interesting um, to have these options because as a as a young gambler or as a, a an upstart sports better, you're going to want to shop around and you're going to want to find uh, differences in the lines. For example, Jason and I just talked about the Bears being uh, minus three with a, a 44 total for the Bears game on Sunday. There's a chance that across those three sportsbook apps, you could find minus three, minus three and a half, minus two and a half. And if that's the case, you're going to want to look at all of the options available and decide where you have the most advantage. If you think it's going to be less than a field goal, deciding the game, obviously the minus two and a half line would be uh, a little bit more attractive to you. And on the other side, if you think that a field goal is going to decide the game, you could get out lucky uh, by you know losing with by a field goal, but still covering with your bet with a minus three and a half. So there's a lot of different options out there. And, and I would just recommend, obviously, we're all playing responsibly and, you know, taking care of ourselves and and making sure that, you know, everyone is is having a good time and, and enjoying themselves and not doing this uh, to get yourself into any sort of trouble. But if you are interested in getting into gambling or, or betting on sports, um, there's just a lot more options for you than, than there ever have been available. I'm glad you highlighted uh, one part of your research there, John, for the listener, and included that in your monologue to open up the, this segment of the show. The fact that you can shop for different lines, like you said, three-point favorite the Bears that we're giving you from what we're seeing right now, 44 points. But I always tell first-time bettors 
And I, I don't consider myself a, a professional gambler. I mean, that's somebody who maybe lives in Las Vegas, and it, it, it's their actual job. They put it on their tax return. That's not what we do. We analyze games. We give you our best information. We got a lot right last year. We had some really, really good picks uh, for, for much of the season. But I always tell people who are getting into sports gambling, look, if you have the opportunity to look for a variety of different sports books to play at, as John said, you can now do this in the state of Illinois on your phone. You can go to book A, book B, book C. It's the same thing if, if you're going to buy a car. You usually don't walk in a car dealership and, and the first one you go into buy for the sticker price. You shop around. You go to the big box store to buy a new television set. You don't go to the first store and just buy it. You want to get the best price. And is gambling's fun. But it's also you're investing your hard-earned money. You want to win as much of that back and hopefully more than you put in to sports gambling on a yearly, weekly, daily basis. It is State Lines, best pro football gambling information here in the state of Illinois. Jason Gotch along with John Spataro. John, one of my favorite bets every year, it's the futures bet for the NFL MVP. It's a hard one to win. Not many had Lamar Jackson winning that award you know, last year. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes this year is the favorite based on what he did winning the Super Bowl MVP in that great fourth quarter and great overall season for the Kansas City Chiefs last year. But you look at the, this board right now, and you go ahead and you see that Patrick Mahomes right now is the favorite at plus 400. Lamar Jackson's plus 600. Tom Brady at 43 years old is plus 1,100. Uh, Dak Prescott's plus 1,200. Russell Wilson's plus 1,200. There's a bunch of guys on here. Kyler Murray plus 1,500. Uh, you've got the list. Our listeners have, to have can find that list at any sports book. But when you look at the big list, because there's about 25 names on here, anybody stand out for you that you like to win the NFL MVP in what's always a long shot bet because you never know what's going to happen over the course of a season? I think I'm going to go with uh, two guys that are actually kind of closely related because one took the other one's job. And this is probably a pretty popular pick, but I spoke a lot about this last year. If you missed any episode last year, I like to see a pathway in, in a narrative sense to how somebody's going to win the MVP. It's hard for me to just look at raw numbers and say that this guy uh, can really improve his, uh, I don't know, in the pocket passing or his quarterback rating or his yards per throw, something like that, and see him break into a superstar level. I, I like to try and predict how a season would play out and what the media narrative would be around it that gets a guy to an attention level that would allow him to win an MVP. So I'm going to throw out two names. One is probably not too surprising. It shouldn't be. But I could see Tom Brady at plus 1100 uh, to win an MVP in Tampa right off into the sunset. This just kind of has that you know, uh, last ride feel for a 40-plus-year-old quarterback who's done everything under the sun in this league, goes down to Florida, reunites with his buddy Rob Gronkowski, and a slew of offensive weapons. Some would say that he has never had in his entire career in New England, he's never had half the wide receiver talent that he's going to have in Tampa. I could see him snapping back into form, throwing for 40 touchdowns, doing Tom Brady things, and, and winning a Super Bowl in Tampa, and obviously being 
being the MVP. Now, he's low on the odds list because I think of that narrative. So I'm going to go somewhere a little bit higher um, that I think could happen in a little bit of a reverse role here. Uh, Cam Newton at plus 2,500 is now the quarterback in New England. And you're kind of betting on, is Belichick really the QB whisperer that some people think he is? And can he run his offense with anyone? Because we've seen it with Brady and the results have been staggering and, and absolutely historic. But then there's other guys who have stepped in like Jacoby Brissett, Matt Castle, um, a couple other no-name quarterbacks that they draft as backups who end up getting paid elsewhere because they perform so well under Belichick's system. All of those guys, I believe, are significantly less talented than Cam Newton. He's had injury issues. He is somewhat unreliable because of it. But if he can string together a full season and he is not in the age where he should be this banged up, he could put together a very impressive season in New England. The AFC East, I, I, I believe, is still winnable and still runs through New England no matter who's playing quarterback there. He could get an easy road to the playoffs. He could put together a performance of a lifetime. He's already been in a Super Bowl. He lost to Peyton Manning, but that happens. He could get back there. He could be a, a, a primetime star again, and it could be because of Belichick, but I guess we'll have to see what happens. John, I really like that Cam Newton pick. And if Cam Newton's going to get his career on track again, I know he's had a ton of injuries, but if, if he's going to do it, it's going to be this year with Bill Belichick. Because if he doesn't get it on track with Bill Belichick, I don't see it happening anywhere else. He's on the other side of 30 years old. But I think that's a good value play right there. I like your line of thinking. I'm going to throw out three names, and I'll actually do it in order. I'm not going to, 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 to bail out and say I like all three equally. But I'm going with the old guys here. Number one, my first choice. Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. He's 36 years old. I know about the dust-up with Matt LaFleur. They ran the ball a lot last year rather than the usual with Mike McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers throw the ball all over the field. They got to the NFC Championship game. It was an ugly loss to San Francisco. They draft Jordan Love in the offseason, the quarterback in the first round out of Utah State. Aaron Rodgers does not hide his frustration with that pick. He didn't want his. It's so ironic because he was in the same spot Jordan Love is when the Packers took him in 2005 later in the first round and Brett Favre was the future Hall of Famer cemented as the Packers quarterback. And now Rodgers is in Favre's role and Jordan Love hopes he's in Aaron Rodgers' role if everything works out. But Rodgers is basically doing what Favre did in 2005. And, and, and Packer fans, everybody should be jealous of you because you've had like two quarterbacks since I've gotten out of high school, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And I'm, I'm a long time out of high school, friends. But when you look at what Aaron Rodgers' motivation is right now, you know he wants to prove the Packers front office wrong. He's still got something. He's still healthy enough, I think, to, to make some serious noise. And at, at plus 3,000, you go ahead, you know, you go ahead and you put 100 bucks down at 30 to 1. You got a nice payout there if Aaron Rodgers wins that award. The second guy I'm looking at, Ben Roethlisberger. Missed most of last season with an injury. He's 40 to 1. Pittsburgh is not a run first team, and they haven't been in a long, long time. Bill Cowher's long gone. Chuck Knoll is long gone. Uh, Mike Tomlin is a pass. His offense now, I know he's a defensive guy, but the system they run, pass first. Roethlisberger always puts up big numbers. Uh, he's my second choice. My third choice here, guy kind of off the grid, Matt Ryan. I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to have a pretty big year, and I'm not normally a big Matt Ryan guy. 
He had the one huge year. He's not my first choice or even close to it if I had a sleeper quarterback to win me a Super Bowl. But he's still pretty good. And you look at that offense. If Todd Gurley's healthy, you mix in Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones at wide receiver. If they can protect, and they did last season a pretty good job protecting Matt Ryan, I think the Falcons could have a big year, and especially on offense. So he's my third choice, Matt Ryan, at 40-1. to we're going to take another break here on State Lines. Me, Jason Gotch, along with John Spataro, my outstanding co-host on this program. When we come back, we got a bunch of teams over under Vegas win totals heading into the 2020 season. Some numbers I like, some numbers John likes as well. We'll talk about that. We still got our picks, top three plays of the week against the spread, over under or a side. We'll tell you about that a little bit later on in the show. We'll also give some Super Bowl picks or at least offer the opportunity for John to do that. He can take a pass if he wants or he can jump in and make his Super Bowl pick. So when I make one, we can both laugh at each other in February and they don't come close to happening. Lots more right after this. State Lines, we roll along where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. My name is Jason Gotch, joined by my co-host, John Spataro. And John, we we teased this segment a little bit earlier in the show, and we talked about the Bears' over-under win total on the year being eight. We both like the over there. But I've got some other ones that I've compiled, and I want to get your thoughts on some of these as I throw them out there. Some really intriguing ones here in 2020, and two are so obvious. I mean, I got to be honest, John, if we, we did this show right after the Super Bowl last year in February, I would have said bet serious money on Tom Brady staying with the Patriots. There's no way he's leaving. They've been together, Brady and Belichick, and Bob Kraft, the owner, for a generation. They've won six Super Bowls. They've been there, what, nine times. There's no way they're going to break up that marriage. It's not going to happen. And here we talk in early September. Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Bucks uniform. They might as well bring back the old dreamsicle uniforms from the 70s and 80s just in honor of Tom Brady going down there because those are old uniforms. He's a 43-year-old quarterback. But the Buccaneers over under win total. We'll start with that one. It's eight and a half. Bruce Arians is a good coach. They've added Leonard Fournette in the backfield. They've got very good wide receivers. Everybody knows about Mike Evans, one of the best in the game. So what do you think here? Buccaneers over under eight and a half victories. Any thoughts on that one? The NFC South is is turning out to be a collection of quarterbacks, is it not? You've got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and then whoever the Panthers want to put on the field. I'm not even sure who their starter is going to be this year. But no matter what, uh, there's going to be some high-scoring games. There's going to be some shootouts between those three teams. So I'm kind of looking at the non-conference schedule or the non-division schedule for the Buccaneers. And it, it doesn't really allow them to have too many winnable games, in my opinion. They're playing the Broncos, the Chargers, the Bears, the Packers, Giants, Rams, Chiefs. Those are all pretty good teams, maybe save the Chargers and the Bears. So unfortunately, as I just 
called that it's possible that Tom Brady could be a, a, an MVP candidate. If I'm trying to keep myself as protected as possible and not put all of my money into the Buccaneers, I'm going to go under eight and a half on that one because it really, really stands to be a tough schedule when you take it apart like that. You got to find ways to win outside of your division if you want to really rack up a bunch of wins. And with just the volatility between those th- three teams, Atlanta was up and down pretty much all of last year. The Saints looked really good, and they also looked not so good a lot of, of the year last year. So it's, it's really hard to tell what those two teams are going to put on the field. The Buccaneers have the firepower. I mentioned this last segment. They've got the receivers. They've got a tight end and, and Rob Gronkowski. But when it all comes down to it, it it's it's just not in, in a favorable position for me to want to put too much more money on the Bucs uh, based on their, their out-of-division schedule. So I'm going to go under 8.5. That could be 8. That could be 8-8. Eight and eight. I could also see them squeaking out 9-7, and seven, something like that. There's just a lot of teams on that schedule that are going to be hard for Tom Brady to beat or anybody in that matter. Yeah, I agree with you here, John. You know, I think this is one of those where you look at that and they are just daring you to bet the over. You mentioned Gronkowski. I talked about all the offensive weapons. They had Leonard Fournette. Arians is a good coach. Tom Brady's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. And then you see over under eight and a half. And it's for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned. Look, they're in a very good division. The Saints are still the Saints. I think the Falcons might be the most underrated team in football going into this season. I'll talk more about that later. But you look at uh, Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback, they're in a rebuild my new coach, Matt Rule. But that, that's going to be a tough division. And, and Tom Brady, the, the secret that nobody wants to talk about, or maybe they do, but nobody wants to say it really all that much out loud, he wasn't all that good last year in New England. That team was carried by the defense, not Tom Brady. So I'm with you. I'm going under eight and a half victories. Now let's move to the Patriots. Cam Newton is the quarterback, as we talked about last segment for the New England Patriots. The over under here is nine. The last time Bill Belichick won only nine games in a season, I'd have to look it up. But in 2008, with Matt Castle starting 15 games, he won 11 of them. They were 11 and five. They didn't make the playoffs because the AFC was so good that year, only with two wild cards. But you look at it and you say, a Belichick team over under nine victories, Newton at quarterback. What do you think? Well, another tough schedule here. I mean, obviously, you know, the division games, but a cross country trip to play the Seattle Seahawks in week two, that's never an easy place to win. They've got the Raiders coming to town the week after, which the Raiders now in Las Vegas are kind of a wild card. John Gruden's had his claws in that team for a few years now, and and they were actually showing some impressive uh, development on both sides of the ball these last few years. They might be a pretty good team. They played the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs, Broncos, 49. Niners all in a row there too. And as much as I love Cam Newton, and and I think that he is a pretty good value pick at uh, to win the MVP, like I said last segment too, um, this is going to be another tough cover for the team. I mean, nine wins is is right about a, the, the playoff cutoff for any team. So you're essentially betting if the, the Patriots are going to make the playoffs. It's hard to imagine a playoffs without them since we've seen them pretty much be rubber stamped as the uh, AFC East winners for the last 20 years, it feels. Um, but I'm going to go under again on this one. I just, I'm, I'm maybe I'm completely overestimating these teams on, on this schedule, but it, it's it's going to just be tough for a, a team to 
um, you know, played that good all year long. I think there's going to be a, a log jam between uh, eight and eight and maybe uh, 10 and six, something like that in the NFL this year. I, I don't know if we're going to see really, really good teams or really, really bad teams just because of the lack of preseason games and kind of a an odd offseason. So I'm going to go under. I'm going to feel pretty much the same way about every team on this list. It's It's just going to be based on how you drew in in terms of the schedule, not necessarily how I feel you are stacked up as a team uh, based on your players. Well, John, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going over on New England. Look, Cam Newton's a guy who I've been critical of in the past. I still don't know how in Super Bowl 50 when he fumbled that ball with over a little over two minutes to go in the game, and he said he didn't dive on it because he was afraid of getting hurt. All he needed to do was dive on that ball, lead a drive down the field. There was no way Peyton Manning, who was in the twilight of his career, was going to lead Denver back for the win. So, look, that that was probably the worst play of Cam Newton's career, but he's still a pretty good quarterback. Belichick's uh, the best coach. I think, in NFL history. The defense has lost a lot in New England. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not big on looking at the schedule all the time. But I am when I look at the AFCs. Buffalo's okay, but I don't believe in Josh Allen to be a big-time quarterback right now. Uh, the Dolphins are in full rebuild mode. The Jets actually finished the season strong last year, and they got a good defense, but the jury's out on Sam Darnold and their head coach, Adam Gaze. So I think New England's going to get to 10 victories this year, and I like the Patriots over that number of nine. I don't think there's any way they win less than nine. So I, I think you at least get your money back. Now, here's another one for you, John, as we continue on state lines. Me, Jason Gotch, John Spataro, pro football gambling information. We give you the best information in the state of Illinois. Let's talk about the Chiefs real quick. Over under 11 and a half victories for the Kansas City Chiefs, regardless of what happens in the season opener. It's a long campaign. 11 and a half is a big number for me, even for Kansas City in a weak division. What do you think? I'm going to go with it. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to stay level-headed. I'm trying not to buy into the hype, but it, it really does look like as many roadblocks or as many doubts as you want to put in front of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid for that for that matter. You know, they they lost Kareem Hunt. They've lost you know some of their their nuance and and their surprise with Patrick Mahomes last year. It, it wasn't necessarily you know any sort of shock that this young quarterback was burning up the record books and making everything look incredible. Incredibly easy, and then he came back last year. He, you know, had a, had a little bit of an injury, came back strong, and just completely turned it on in the playoffs to a point where uh, it, it didn't even look like anyone could really stop him. I'm, I'm going to continue with this ride. It may be against better knowledge, but sometimes you need to uh, just go with your gut and and hope that. You know, they are daring you to, to bet the under here, I think, in, in this case. You know, it does seem like a big number. But I also think they're just trying to, to play on some fatigue and, and have people believe, well, the, the, the Chiefs really can't be that good again this year, can they? I think they can. I think they could be, um, you know, 12-4, and 13-3, and, and and they could be the class of the NFL because Mahomes is just that good. And in a year where, you know, everyone's going to start coming along at their own speed, I think if you have a true playmaking quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, it's going to take you pretty far because you only need him to get going for that team to win. So I'm going to go over on this one. I don't know by how much or you know if it's it's even going to be a, a question too late into the season, but because he is who he is, Patrick Mahomes gets my vote of confidence. I'll go over. It's hard for me to disagree with anything you said right there, John Spataro, but I'm going to bet the under for this reason. Super Bowl hangover. 
you look at teams always gunning for the Super Bowl champion, and 12-4 and four is a really, really, really hard number to achieve, even for a team as good as the Chiefs. Great head coach in Andy Reid, one of the best young quarterbacks we've ever seen in the National Football League. They might break me right there. They might go 12-4. and four. They might go 13-3. and three. But I'm going to go with history here and say, uh, unless it's the New England Patriots – over the last uh, you know, generation when they won a Super Bowl and they, they backed it up the next year with a big win total, most teams have a hard time that year after they win a Super Bowl. So I think the Chiefs are a playoff team. I think very likely they get double-digit wins almost certainly. I just don't see them getting a 12, so I'm going to go under the 11.5. Now, we come back, wrap up the show with, with probably our favorite segment of the program. We're just going to give – John and I are going to give three picks against the spread, what we like regardless of when you look at all the games and you put all the numbers in, the games that we like the most, we're going to give you our top three bets against the spread. We'll also go over a couple more of these win totals. And I'll update you a reminder, the NFL playoff structure has changed to 2020. We'll talk about that. Me, Jason Gotchin, along with John Spataro on State Lines right after this. Welcome back to State Lines. Great to have you aboard for another season of getting the best pro football information in the state of Illinois. Along with my co-host, John Spataro, this is Jason Gotch. A lot to do in our final segment of this week's show. We'll give you our three best bets. John and I each have three best bets against the spread. We'll do that in a little bit. Also, we each have three more teams that we like as far as the season over-under win totals. John will get to his. I'll get to mine here in just a minute. But before we do, a quick reminder. Uh, during the offseason, the NFL changed the playoff structure for 2020. Each conference will add a wild card here this year. So we're going to have three wild card teams in the NFC, three wild card teams in the AFC, and now going forward here in 2020 – the only team in the first round of the playoffs that will have a bye is the number one overall seed. Prior to that, the top two seeds in each conference got that first-round playoff bye. Not anymore. The only team getting the first-round playoff bye is the top overall seed in each conference. The two seed will now have to play the number seven seed in a home game in that first round of the NFL playoffs. So that's big. You look at the history of the NFL – uh, over the years, we've had double-digit win teams not make the playoffs. I brought up the Patriots in 2008. They won 11 games with Matt Castle as the quarterback. They didn't get in because it was a top-heavy year in the AFC. That won't happen now. Almost certainly, I mean, I guess there's a, there's a far-fetched scenario where a double-digit win team would not make the playoffs, but it'd be very rare, to say the least. And you're probably going to get your share over the years of 8-8 eight and eight teams in the playoffs going forward if this system sticks. 
into 2021 and beyond. So it's important to think about if you're betting a team to, to make the postseason or not, if you see that on any of the boards or any of the, the places that you're doing sports gambling this year. But before we get our picks against the spread for week one, John, I want to turn it over to you because I, I know you got some interesting uh, picks uh, for the over-under win total teams. And one of them, in my opinion, has adopted the dumbest nickname in the history of the sport, and, and there's none even close. Well, Jason, you kind of gave it away for me there. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about the newest team in the NFL. And no, it's not an expansion team, but it's certainly a football team. It's the Washington football team who is coming into the league after they retired their nickname from lots of public pressure and years of debate whether or not they should continue um, calling their team what they used to call them. It is now the Washington football team. They're at five and a half wins for the year. You know what? I'm going to say go over on that one. Why not have a, a, a new start to an, an old franchise uh, before they even unveil the new team that they're going to be called for the rest of existence, hopefully, and not have to go through this again? But why not start possibly the only year of the Washington football team era with six wins? They were okay last year. I, I mean, they didn't have a, a ton of good games under their belt, but they had some things to work with. They're now officially uh, wrapping their head around uh, Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. We'll see how he does. I, I, I don't really know if he's uh, the quarterback of the future like they drafted him to be, but he could luck into some wins. I'm, I'm just feeling a, a little bit of, a, of an excitement around a new team name. Maybe you get that bump. Give me the Washington football team over five and a half wins. Uh, another team that was the darlings of last season, uh, specifically the offseason, and then kind of fell apart was the Cleveland Browns. They're at eight and a half, which is a winning team and, and a team that might have uh, a little bit more expectations, uh, although a lot less of the attention this year. I'm going to go with the under on that one. I still don't think that they're as good as people think. They still have Baker Mayfield as their quarterback, which is never going to be a, a 100% uh, confidence vote for me. And then finally, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to enter the mix only because of Joe Burrow. I'm going to say take the over on this one five and a half wins they were not a good team they were downright terrible last year they were hard to watch I think even for a while I swore off betting uh, with the Bengals uh, but this year I think that they're going to be a little bit better at the very least give me the Bengals to win six games only because Joe Burrow has yet to prove me otherwise that he is not just a straight winning machine all right, some good picks there from my co-host, John Spataro. I've got three more for you here, Jason Gotch, with you as far as over-under season win totals. I'm going to go over on the Packers' nine victories. The Vikings lost a lot of guys in that uh, on their roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the Bears, I like them over the eight wins, but I'm not sure I like them even to be a 10-win team this year. And we know the Lions are the Lions, so I think Aaron Rodgers with a lot to prove. This is a Packers team. They got a lot of breaks last year. Everything went their way. But they did make it to the NFC Championship game. I'm not saying they're going to get that far, but I think they get at least to nine victories where you get your money back, and very likely they get to 10 wins or more. So I'm going to take the Packers over the nine victories. Uh, the Packers' former coach, Mike McCarthy, is now in Dallas leading the Cowboys. I keep hearing 
how Mike McCarthy took that season off and he's changed his entire approach to the offensive side of the game. He's not going to be as conservative as he used to be. Uh, not that that's a bad thing. You do want to protect the football. But until I see something different from Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys, I'm going under 10 wins for the Dallas Cowboys here in 2020. Look, Dak Prescott, everybody's high on him. He's a high-character guy. But until he takes that next step and shows me he, he's a true franchise quarterback, I'm going to say the Cowboys actually got something right by not paying him huge money uh, for a long-term contract as of right now. So I'm going to go under the 10 wins for the Dallas. Cowboys and then the Indianapolis Colts Philip Rivers close to 40 years old his second team of his career he been a charger for almost two decades and now he's a member of the Colts the Colts were good last year except the fact they didn't have Andrew Luck at quarterback Jacoby presents a good backup he's not a great starter I think the addition of Philip Rivers puts the Colts over the top as far as the win totals go when you look at nine and a half I think they're a double digit win team in the AFC South so give me the Colts over nine and a half wins I think that that Rivers will be a big difference maker in Indianapolis. It is State Lines. Me, Jason Gotch, along with my co-host, John Spataro. John, it's that fun part of the program. We get to pick, put our reputations on the line. We each make three picks against the spread. It can be over-unders. It can, you know, it can be the, the sides, but we're going to make some picks here. So I'm going to defer to you, my friend. You go first. Three picks, week number one, your best bets against the spread. All right, I'm going to have a whole lot of fun here, and this could be completely baseless, but again, I like to find some sort of narrative in my head and and justify the way that I'm feeling about these picks. And I'm going to do something special for this first week. We're coming back for the second season of State Lines. I have to do it big, and I'm going to do it big by throwing out three underdog money lines on my three picks this week. And I'm going to tell you why, and and maybe you can guess what they all have in common, but I'll go through all of them and then I'll tell you why. My first pick of the weekend is going to be those Green Bay Packers that you mentioned earlier, Jason, plus 125 in Minnesota against the Vikings. I like Aaron Rodgers, like you said earlier, coming back on a big year. The Packers just really took care of business all year last year. Matt LaFleur came in and coached them back to the playoffs. So I think they're going to continue rolling. They had no real problem with the division last year. They just kind of took care of business, even with all their scars and change on offense. I think that they're going to continue that that streak, and I think the Packers are going to win comfortably. Second pick of the week is going to be, actually this one isn't an underdog, but I still like it. Minus 135 Seattle Seahawks in the Dome in Atlanta against the Falcons. I really like the Seahawks uh, this year to just kind of right the wrongs of last year. They were very, very close to winning the division over the 49ers who ultimately went to the Super Bowl. Remember that slugfest that they had, I think, in week 17 where the game came down to literally the goal line. I think that they're going to continue to play at a higher level and I think they're going to beat the Falcons at home. And then finally, my best bet of the week is the New York Jets plus 250 against the Buffalo Bills. Now, here's where I reveal my logic and everyone is free to copy this and hopefully make money on this. Those three teams that I picked, I would consider have a very distinct home field advantage. Ralph Wilson Stadium, the Dome, uh, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, and of course, uh, the Vikings, you know, brand new stadium that they unveiled, uh, which, you know, is always loud with skull chants and everything that has 
come along with a Vikings home game. That's not going to be in play anymore this year. I'm interested to see if these stalwarts, these these stadiums that used to be very tough to win in on the road, are going to be a little bit easier to play in this year because there's not 70,000 fans yelling at you. There's not a raucous crowd to boo you every time you do something great and cheer every time you mess up. So those three teams, uh, you know, the Bills have had a, a notorious crowd over the years that's always helped them win games. The Falcons have had a loud dome to the point of people even question if they were pumping in fake noise because it was so loud in there. And then, of course, the Vikings, who really need to start getting something out of Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer, for that matter. I remember we were talking about him getting fired last year. Like your line of thinking there, John, some good plays, and you're right. I mean, we, we've seen it so often in the end. NFL home field advantage be a big deal. And look, the Seattle Seahawks, I know they're on the road week number one, but we think about the 12th man, they got that flag out there and so many other teams, the enthusiastic fan base of the NFL. You're going to get that fake crowd noise like you hear, like John said, in baseball and the NHL, the NBA is even doing it. So it's going to be a lot different here in week number one. It makes these picks hard. Let's be honest about it. This is a this is a uncharted territory uh, for not only the players, but also people like us picking these games. Now, I'm going to give you a the th- my three picks in a minute here against the spread, but this was a hard week, week number one, for the reasons I just said. Week number one's always hard, even harder with a, the idea of not having the pre-regular OTAs, and then also uh, we don't know what home field advantage is going to be like if it's even there with not legitimate crowd noise, but I, I did have the Jets as a possibility, plus six and a half in Buffalo. I Carolina plus three at home. I, I look at them against the Raiders, and I say I think Teddy Bridgewater could get it done at home, and I like Phillip Rivers on the road, minus eight against a, a Jacksonville Jaguar team that I cannot believe two years ago they were in the NFC champ- or AFC Championship game. And if Doug Marone does not take the foot off the gas pedal to start that fourth quarter, I think they probably win in Foxborough and go to the Super Bowl. And now the team's just been completely decimated on both sides of the ball. Two years ago, they're close to a Super Bowl. Now they're, they're in total rebuild mode, maybe going for the number one overall pick in the 2021 draft and looking trying to get a guy like Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. So those three came close to being my best bets, but here are Gotcha's best bets for week number one. We're going to go ahead and take the Atlanta Falcons plus the two points on their own field against the Seahawks. I know home field advantage is not a big deal with no fans in the stands, but I think the Falcons have a very good offense. We talked about Matt Ryan along with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and hopefully a healthy Todd Gurley. Look for the Falcons to be a sleeper team this year. Take them plus two against the Seahawks week number one. Take Joe Burrow in the Bengals in Burrow's first start in Cincinnati as they take on the Chargers on Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium. Tyrod Taylor on the road for a Chargers team that I think is a bit overrated this year. Taylor's not very good. Joe Burrow wins his first NFL start, and even if he doesn't, I think the Bengals stay within three and a half points of the visiting Chargers. Finally, take the Rams plus three on their own field in the Sunday nighter against the Cowboys. I think Dallas is overrated. Mike McCarthy, we saw what he did in Green Bay, some good things, but I think Cowboy fans are way too high on their team for this year, and the media is too. And also, Dak Press Scott, he's had some good games in the NFL, but I still think he's got something to prove. The Rams get it done on their own field. I think they went outright, but again, even if they don't, take them plus the three because you're getting points for the home team. That will do it for another edition of State Lines. Hope you enjoy the winners, everybody. For John Spataro, I'm Jason Gotch. Thanks for joining us on this week's program, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Enjoy week one of the NFL season, everybody. 